0: Aldi is hosting National Hiring Week for stores September 12th through the 18th. Over the past several years, we've grown rapidly, expanding from coast to coast. That means more opportunities for you to join our store teams across the country. You'll also benefit from our newly increased wages. During National Hiring Week, qualified candidates will be invited to interview on-site and may receive same-day job offers. Join us and apply online at careers.aldi.us slash radio. Welcome to more. Aldi is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
1: You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at MileHighHuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge.
2: Okay, we are live. But we have to let the stream breathe, as is tradition. And there's a reason, there's a rhyme why we have to do it. I'm getting five green check marks, though, so we're good to go. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, and with me, as always, my partner in crime, my fellow football priest. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach As we conveyed to our great community last night, Justin Sternod was injured, the linebacker, rookie fifth-round pick, in yesterday's and Sunday's practice, and although Vic Fangio, when he met with the media following Sunday's practice, was kind of, I wouldn't say dismissive, but he just didn't know anything, and what we were hearing, it didn't sound serious. Well, unfortunately, mid-morning news breaks. He's going to need wrist surgery and he's done for the year. What was your gut reaction? I mean, it went from zero to 100 real quick,
3: Chad. I thought it'd be like a little minor injury, maybe out for a couple weeks. Now he's out for the entire season. It really, really sucks. I know injuries are unavoidable. They're inevitable. They're part of the game. But this is a guy who's the future at the position for the Denver Broncos. He was finally going to be the answer when he was on the field to their longtime Achilles Hill, which was pass coverage from an inside linebacker. He was the guy stationed next to A.J. Johnson for the long term. And now it just gets delayed for another season, it looks like, another year or Tal Davis starting another year. Josie Jewell as the backup. It really sucks. I, I'm really mad about this first or not. mad about this for the Broncos defense. Uh, but you know what? What are you going to do? You have to just look out. I think they have to supplement the position, though. I think they need to have, add another veteran body out there. They can't have Josie Jewell as a lone backup. And players like Justin Holland and Josh Watson. Now you have to have a veteran with Todd Davis also hurting.
2: Yeah, that brings up. A point that kind of irks me a little bit, as anyone who read my article today on Fangio's remarks about Justin Hollins probably picked up on. They and I let me say this first: I like the idea that when there is a need, they look to promote someone internally and solve that issue, solve that need, fill that hole internally first. That I admire. I do. I really do. But we've seen from Justin Hollins last year that he's not cut out for off-ball linebacker. Zach, we haven't seen one iota, one single play, not one inkling of any evidence that Justin Hollins is an NFL caliber inside linebacker. The one play or two that he made last year as a rookie, and I get it, the Broncos put a lot on his plate as a rookie, asking him to learn two positions, which we criticized and we had our misgivings at the time for a reason. The, The one or two plays he did make, Zach, came as an edge defender. He did... I think post one sack last year as an edge defender. I don't see, I don't understand Zach, what this, what Fangio sees in Justin Hollins. I get as far as being an off ball linebacker. I get that he's smart. I get that they covet his length and what that could do to help them against tight ends, but where he lacks as a run defender, which is significant. I mean, he is not instinctual. He doesn't play fast. He's slow to the ball. All those limitations now just apply them also to being a coverage guy. The length doesn't really help you, Zach, when you're when the when the you know the synapses aren't firing quickly and you're not playing uh, with speed and alacrity. And I just don't understand what this team sees and the idea of Justin Hollins playing inside linebacker.
3: It reminds me a lot, and I know I'm grabbing the low-hanging fruit here, it reminds me a lot of Demarcus Walker, trying him at outside linebacker and defensive end. It's like, why are you putting so much on one young player's plate? Have him learn one position, master that, instead of being a master of none, like Justin Hollins is. To me, he's more of an edge guy than an off-ball guy, but even so, you can't have an experiment right now when your only only dependable backup is Josie Jewell. Davis is hurt, not's hurt, Johnson's still fairly young and unproven. You have to get some veteran depth in there, and not rely on guys who are projects like hollands and watson you gotta you gotta solidify that spot in vic
2: fangio's defense maybe we uh maybe justin Sternan needs to take on the mindset dave glassman here on facebook is uh, putting forth which is that seahawks linebacker plays with one arm put a cast on it and get out there <laughs> well unfortunately the one thing you're missing dave i get the sentiment uh what's his name zach the uh, Sha- shaquille griffin thank you um I'm a little bit under the weather today, gang. It's not the word that should go and mention. I know this for a fact. Our family's been tested, but uh, I am a little under the weather with just your common uh, garden variety head cold. So bear with me a little bit. I'm not quite as sharp as I might normally be, despite all the Sudafed and caffeine flowing through my blood right now. But when it comes to um, moving forward with this thing and the one arm, you know, talking about Griffin and. You know, slap a slap a cast on him and get him out there. We've seen players do that where they cast up and just go out there. We don't know quite what the severity of his injury is. And as right. a, I mean, the one thing he's shown so far, I think Zach, safe. It's safe to say this kid Sternot has shown that he has a fit. He has a place with Fangio's defense long term. And so, how badly do you want to roll the dice on compromising right. that? Because the Broncos tried to rush Shane Ray when Shane Ray right. had that persistent wrist injury that just haunted his final two years as a Bronco and it ended up blowing up in the team's face and basically squandered what was a first round pick with a lot of potential and bright side so I can understand why the Broncos would rather just take the approach Zach of let's get him his surgery let's get him healed up and we'll live to fight another day
3: yeah, different positions, but also Philip Lindsay as well with that wrist. I think the Broncos are being tentative with those kind of injuries. And like you mentioned, I mean, why rush him back this year? He wasn't going to be a starter out of the gates. I mean, Todd Davis and Johnson held down those spots. He was going to compete for a backup role and play some specials. But you can allow him now, now that he's hurt, unfortunately, to kind of just take a year off, redshirt this season, and hopefully come back 100% next offseason and compete for a starting job, which I think will be vacant. With Davis's release, So it sucks for now for Sternod, but at least the future is bright for him. And at least the Broncos know they have a guy in the system already
2: who looks like he's the future at ILB. We want to get to some of the options for now. It seems that the Broncos are intent on kind of churning the bottom of the roster with Hollins and seeing what shakes out between him and Watson, Josh Watson, the second year former undrafted rookie from Colorado state. And then also Joe Jones, who, I really liked for a long time. I still am intrigued by Joe Jones, and, yep. but for whatever reason, he's just not been able to, despite some situations where opportunity has knocked and the team has needed to turn to its depth, he's not been able to garner that trust quite yet from the coaching staff. And I can only intimate from that that there's a reason, right? There's there's something missing that he's not bringing to the table, but he's still an option. He's on the roster and I think he has some coverage chops if he were to be used on defense and there are five options the Broncos could turn to off roster guys that are on the street right now. We're going to get to those, discuss each one here in just a second. First gang, we got to run through some quick matters of business very quickly. Make sure you know how to find us on social media, especially on Twitter. Make sure you're following the podcast account at huddle up pod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then also at mile high huddle, you Get those two boxes checked, so to speak, and you are not going to miss anything as it relates to this pod or breaking Broncos news and analysis. And then Zach, we got to give our great community a gentle reminder to check out the merch store, head on over to huddleuppod.com and get your swag on. You got hats, the mile high huddle trucker hat. You got the white football priest t-shirt that Zach's wearing, the football priest huddle up podcast hat that he's sporting backwards right now. And you know, the, the, Zachary Smouse, who we had on the show last night, he designed a great uh, Let Him Hate shirt. There's our Zach's Let Him Hate shirt. A little something for everybody, mugs, hoodies, face masks. Check it out. It's another way that you can support what we're doing here at MHH. And then also, no matter what, though, if you're not in a position to patronize the merch store, it's all good. We're just happy to have you here in the stream with us or if you're listening after the fact. But no matter how you are enjoying this podcast, each one of you can do these three things. Make sure you're subscribed like this video or like this episode. And if you really want to help us out, share it out there. Help Mile High Huddle and help the Huddle Up podcast continue to grow and reach new like-minded listeners just like you. And then one last thing here, gang, I want to draw our attention to our Facebook community. Our supporters, our official MHH supporters on Facebook, this is a very new thing. This is like the super chat of Facebook. Continues to grow, and we want to tip our cap to the supporters who have jumped on and and gotten right in line with us and supporting us as soon as we put this out there. I'm going to put the link if you're on Facebook and maybe you don't use YouTube as much. Our Facebook community is vast. We have about 87,000 followers and members of that community. Head on over if you want. I'm going to put the link here in the chat or just go to facebook.com slash milehighhuddle. You'll see that big blue button to become a supporter. Just another way that you can support what we're doing here at mile high huddle and of course we appreciate and it's a shout out to each one of our facebook supporters
1: this is the overtime podcast network getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance it's not only about making smart changes today it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy plus you'll help protect the environment for years to come a better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates. And discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com rebates.
0: College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later.
3: Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for sixth through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org.
2: All right, Zach, I'm going to bring up a graphic here of five options. Now, some of these are suggested by other mediaites, Other fans as well have suggested some of these, and one or two are, are names that just kind of make sense if you're going to look for off-the-roster help. Vonte's Burfect, Alec Ogletree, Darren Lee, and Darren Lee's obviously a name a lot of fans were, were clamoring for about a year and a half ago, Nigel Bradham and Wesley Woodyard, the former Bronco, really kind of long in the tooth, but he's out there. <laughs> Of those five names, Zach, is there one that you would like to see come in and kind of play that, I can be your starter, be that Corey Nelson, but be more of a an effective version of that, be the vet guy that can come in and you need me to be depth, I'll be depth. You need me to play starter snaps, I can do it. My guy here is Nigel Bradham. Everywhere
3: he's been, Philadelphia, New Orleans, he's always drawn positive uh, marks from pro football focus. I know not the end-all be-all, but he's a pretty well-rounded player. He does his job well. He's like Todd Davis, but a little better in pass coverage. Great in the locker room, veteran guy, good to have in the building. Nigel Bradham is my guy here. Woodguard's like 50 years old. Vontaze perfect is a head case, Chad. Darren Lee and Ogletree a little too small to play full-time inside linebacker. Bradham for sure is my guy here. I hope the Broncos will bring him in.
2: I concur, although it would be cool to get Wesley Woodyard back here. He's just too old. He's just past his prime. I mean, Charlie, I like Woodyard as much as the next guy, and he had one of the greatest individual linebacker seasons uh, in Broncos history. In fact, before we went live, I was talking with John Buona Beast, and I said it was the 2014 season, but I lied. It was actually 2012, his season for the Broncos, was phenomenal. He contributed to that defense that helped the Broncos basically win 11 in a row after after Peyton Manning kind of figured things out. And it was a great season. He eventually left signed with Tennessee, never quite reached the heights that he I think could have if he would have stayed in Denver, but at the same time that Brandon Marshall and Danny Trevathan duo was pretty formidable at least that one full season they got together as starters in 2015. But now I digress. I have to concur with you, though, Zach, if I'm looking at those five names. I'm going with Nigel Bradham. And one other name that John brought up that could be an option as well is former first-round pick safety-turned-linebacker, former Alabama Crimson Tide, uh, Mark Barron. What are your thoughts on the idea of bringing in a guy like Barron who's now burned out, washed out from three different squads? You said it right there. I mean, he was supposed
3: to be the next great, uh, you know, transcendent player in the fact that he was a dimebacker. He wasn't a linebacker, and he wasn't a safety. He was a hybrid kind of guy, and he was with the Rams, and he had some hype, and he never really lived up to that, Chad. He never lived up to his billing or his draft status or his Alabama pedigree. I don't want a tweener playing inside linebacker. With Davis being injured, second year in a row now with a calf injury, Surnod's down, A.J. Johnson's still a young guy, but you don't have anyone else behind them. Nigel Bradham is consistent. He's reliable. He's a veteran. He's a plus athlete across the board. As much as intriguing as it would be to see, you know, like a Stuart Cravens, that's what, you know, these players remind me of, Mark Barron and Darren Lee. I don't want a smaller guy. They've been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I want a legit linebacker in the system, and Nigel Bradham is a real-deal, true inside linebacker.
2: I have to concur. Of those five names, honestly, the two that would make the most sense to me, I know a lot of people gravitate toward Ogletree, His his days in the sun are behind him as well. Couple, there's a few former first round picks actually in that collection, that loose collection of names. But for me, it's it's Nigel and Mark Barron, just because of what he might be able to bring as a dime backer. But I'm not enthused about it, to be honest with you. I think probably the wisest move at this stage is to do what you can to get Todd Davis healthy and hold on for dear life and knock on wood. Whatever you got to do. Um, sacrifice a goat, whatever you got to do to make sure nothing happens to Josie Jewell or Alexander Johnson. Because I think you can get by – I mean, honestly, even if Davis's injury was was longer term, if, if the prognosis was, you know, he's going to miss the first quarter of the season, I think – And in fact, I'll read a, a quote here from Fangio that kind of explains why. But I think you could get by with Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. But if you have to go any deeper than that, Zach, you get into some really thin ice. Here's what – Fangio said about Jewel, where he can improve what he's done so far in camp this year. And of course, this is his third season, but it's his second year in Fangio's scheme. Here's what Fangio said, Zach, quote, I think he's had a good camp so far. He's shown the benefit of being here a second year. The system hasn't changed much. He's a smart player to begin with. When he knows more of all the fine things, he's one of those players that can put it to good use. He's had a good camp. We're pleased with where he's at, close quote, and the the intimation there being that he does know the fine things. So he can step in and, you know, make the calls and make the checks, and he knows those things. Whereas guys like Hollins, who even though this is also his second year, he wasn't committed fully to off-ball linebacker. And this year, the Broncos kind of learned their lesson, I thought, from last year. Their plan was to play Hollins exclusively at the edge, and now they've had to kind of reverse course and put him back on the off ball. But Josh Watson, the the silver lining Zach, also his second year with Fangio and Joe Jones as well.
3: You know, I know Vic is Vic, but it wasn't exactly a ringing endorsement on Josie Jewell. He's pretty much saying he's a heady, smart player when he wants to be or what he could be. And when he gets the defense down, he could contribute. It didn't seem like this is a real deal uh, week one starter that they're, that they're comfortable and nor should they be. Josie Jewell is a career backup. We all thought he was going to be better. He was like the Jake Butt of that draft class. Good value, good, you know, good pick at that spot, and he was going to be a borderline starter. It never really turned out that way. He's a good backup to have, but they cannot rely on him, Chad. He's going to get picked and picked and picked on in coverage, especially in pass coverage. They have to get a veteran in there, and uh, it, at least for depth purposes. At least if you have a lot of young guys, who is the veteran if Todd Davis is out? AJ Johnson among that linebacker group. I, I mean, you got to have some mentorship in there. Not only is Nigel Bradham a good athlete, a good linebacker, he's a good leader. To me, it's a no-brainer.
2: I wonder where Brandon Marshall is right now. I was thinking that too. You know, uh, for what it's worth, really quick, the wizzy and the hizzy. Mundungus jumps in on super chat. Appreciate you, Mike. Thank you. Okay. He says, "Any chance we bring back Al Wilson, John Mobley, or Ian <laughs> Gold?" Yeah, those guys are on. Uh, they're they're living there. You know. Um, retirement days they're they're in their golden years when it comes to linebackers but man there was a time that was a trio that was legit for the denver broncos i liked in particular also from about 04 through 05 the al wilson dj williams and ian gold linebacker trio but yeah in a perfect world heck yeah you'd want to get a al wilson smoke dog wilson in his prime out on the field no doubt zach we got to say thank you to mark langley jumping in to show some extreme generosity. I told you, don't, don't worry about it, Mark. And here he is doing his thing. He says for Zachary. And of course, this is in reference to Zach Smouse, who joined us last night on our, I want to say it was our ninth superstar segment. He says, I shed a tear for this special person. And he is very special. Zach. We had, I mean, we're blessed to have him on the show and people just were blown away by the cult of personality. That Zachary is and I can't tell you how many listeners and members of the community both known and you know not not necessarily names you see in the chat stream all the time but just how many listeners of this podcast reached out to us to say how moved they were by that pod how how moved they were and just inspired by Zachary I've I've multiple times I had people say goosebumps like Mark saying here shed a tear people getting verklempt and just because it's so inspiring seeing what he does in his life and what he brings to the table. And I could go on, but it really was a special watershed moment for for the podcast, having Zachary on. It was, and I was going to say, we're still getting tweets a day later that he was so
3: great and we have to bring him back, and he absolutely was. And, and Zachary, if you're listening, you killed it, man. Everyone loves you here. You're a very, very knowledgeable, true Broncos fan. And I found myself inspired by his answer chat. I found myself hanging on every word. I mean, he was a great guest, great guy, great individual, um, and, and you're very, very uh, loved and respected in this community, Zach.
2: We look forward to the day when we can get Smouse back in the house. It's going to be great. We'll bring you back on the show in the very near future. Christy, appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate the kind words. And as always, you know, we appreciate your support. Queens, everything to us. We got John on Facebook saying, good evening, fellas. My wife and I got our shirts today. Appreciate it. Bummed about Sternod, just wondering if we will look at free agents for a replacement. I don't know, Zach. I haven't heard anything quite yet in terms of the Broncos looking outside the building, but as much as I can say on one hand, I like that they're looking internally first for solutions. On the other, the flip side of that coin is you don't want to wait till the 11th hour and repeat Corey Nelson bloody history like you saw that first two games, especially the opener against Oakland last year. It was brutal how bad Corey Nelson was. So I guess the point being is, if you are going to look outside the roster to bolster this unit with some veteran experience, the sooner, the better. I don't see how you can. And and the same thing, the Broncos waited and waited and waited, and they were
3: lucky DeMar Dawson was available. Otherwise, they'd have to settle, like that might settle for a guy like Nigel Bradham, who would be a good pickup at this stage. They don't have any in-house options, Chad. They don't really have anyone they can depend on. We all talk about Devin Bush last year in that trade, and we're all happy that it worked out with Fant, Reisner, and Locke, but they don't have a tried-and-true up-and-coming young exciting inside linebacker. They need that guy in the building, if only for depth purposes. And Darren Lee, I, it doesn't move the needle for me. Ogletree, those guys, the only guy among a picked over market at this, at this point, August 24th, is Nigel Brown. You could do worse.
1: This is the Overtime Podcast Network.
3: You're the one who protects the flock, and that requires an eye for detail. Because when safety and well-being are on the line, it's the details that can save lives. Even when no one else is watching, you see everything. Granger gets you, and we're here for you and all the ones who get it done with a wide range of safety products and solutions, plus board certified safety consultants here to answer your questions. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Cameron on Facebook
2: says he got his let him hate shirt today. Appreciate cool. it. That's great to hear my friend. Appreciate you, you, like too. it, Cameron. Um, James Campbell, this you and I are sharing a brain as much as I like, again, I, I, I respect that they're looking in house with Justin Hollins and just looking for solutions that are already there. But Zach, Joe Jones and Josh Watson should be the immediate uh, beneficiaries of what's, going on right now with the new need, the vacuum that's created by Sternod and Davis's injury. Joe Jones is a guy who I think has more potential than is, than he he's really been able to showcase at least playing snaps on defense as a special teams maven. He was great. The first year he was in Denver, last year he had quite a few missed tackles, which were very disappointing. And I think that might've contributed to the, to why he didn't see some snaps on defense when there was opportunities, especially early in the season. But, Josh Watson's been a guy that everyone I've talked to who's been at at the daily training camp practices, they're telling me Josh Watson is a guy who's just been around the ball constantly. He is always where the action's at, and those are the type of things you want to hear about an off-ball linebacker.
3: Yeah, I mean, he is running, though, third team or second team, so it's like you got to take it with a grain of salt, relatively speaking. But Joe Jones not getting playing time reminds me of Devontae, De- Deontay Spencer not getting playing time on offense, not getting receiver playing time. Some of these guys are just cut out to be niche rotational players. Joe Jones is great on special teams. Obviously, the coaching staff doesn't think he can be a full-time inside linebacker or at least a, a primary reserve. You know who would be great to have right now, though, Chad? And that's hmm. Will Parks. You know – Just to play some inside linebacker, some dimebacker, he was a great third safety. Obviously, he got a good offer in Philadelphia, but having those guys on the roster, they proved to be invaluable.
2: Yes, indeed. Um, It's a cool story for for Will Parks to go back to his hometown, play for the Eagles. It's very much a prove-it deal. I don't think the Broncos really pursued re-signing him all that seriously just because you know, you've got Kareem Jackson, and you've got a lot of money tied up in that secondary, especially yeah. with bringing on and, and, and absorbing AJ Bouye's contract. So, but I'm with you, man. That versatility could be much utilized right now. We got Jason Metz jumping in on Super Chat, bona fide superstar. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, Jason. He says, love you guys. Keep doing what you do. Hashtag yes, Broncos Country. Appreciate that, my friend. It means a lot to us. And, Jason, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but be sure to, if you are, connect with us, reach out, let us know. if you're. A lot of times, you know, when we tell people to, to reach out and connect, whatever the YouTube name is or the Facebook handle or whatever it might be that we're used to seeing in the chat stream, it's a completely different handle on Twitter. So spell it out for us. Let us know exactly who you are, and uh, it'll help. Christy says, injuries are the name of the game right now. It always sucks to lose guys this soon, but also we have a chance to prepare. So you got three weeks till the season opener, literally three weeks from today. And you know, the Broncos, the, this, this playing field has been leveled when it comes to the injury bug, because of the word that shall go unnamed. All teams are dealing with to varying degrees. I, sh- I guess I should say, but all teams are dealing with us with a sudden kind of spike in injuries. And Zach, For the Broncos, after seeing these last three days just dudes dropping left and right, today there were 11 guys that did not practice. 11 Broncos didn't practice today. Vic Fangio decided to pump the brakes, and what they did today was, whereas the last few days they've been steadily ramping up and increasing the intensity in the workouts on the field, he dialed it back. It was basically a glorified walkthrough. A little bit more intense, a little bit faster paced than a traditional walkthrough, but it was basically – a walkthrough just because they want to get through today. They want to get through tomorrow and then they have a break one more, a a day off their next day off and they don't need any more bodies hitting the, hitting the uh, training room.
3: It's a good point by Christie that better the injuries, unfortunate as they are, happen now, and not mid-September or October during the stretch run of the regular season. Um, it, it's There's no good way to spin an injury, but you have to wonder why the Broncos are continually dealing with and plagued by certain kinds of injuries. You have to wonder about the training regimen. You have to wonder about how Vic Fangio pushes them in practice, padded practices, two-hour practices. He's really hard on them, and it makes them better overall, but it comes at the cost of health and that's why you see these wrist injuries It's why you see these soft tissue injuries it's unfortunate but if there's any positive silver lining it's better now than two months from now
2: let me run through for our, our audience here the transcript at the top of Fangio's presser today after practice hey coach why wasn't Mike Purcell out there today this is after they <laughs> kind of laid this it out correct. on Sternat. he goes oh he just had some calf tightness we're just being conservative with him well what about Tim Patrick Sam. Same soft soft tissue. What about Devontae Bosby? Sam. Same <laughs> Elijah Holder. Same Sam. Malik Carney. Oh, well, he was actually sick. Not the word that shall go unmentioned. Sick. Regular sick. And uh, it was just a litany, Zach, of injured Broncos today. So Manny Wise wants to know, could Sternad be back after week 10? The IR rules in the NFL are stupid. When a player is ready, let them play. That is what they're paid to do. I agree with you that IR rules, I don't understand how it helps the competitive product that is the NFL and makes it a better product uh, in on the sports landscape. But to the point, though, the Broncos can bring two players off of injured reserve, as is negotiated under the new CBA. You saw it last year with Tim Patrick. You saw it with Drew Locke. Could Sternod be back after Week 10? Not according to Fangio. That's not something they're really looking at now. He basically said, quote, It was a dislocation that had that in and of itself wasn't going to put him out for the year, but then there were other complications. He had it operated on, or he had to get it operated on. He'll be out for the entire season, close quote. So who knows? If he makes a miraculous turnaround, maybe it becomes an an issue the Broncos could look at, but it doesn't seem like whatever they're seeing from the inside looking out, it doesn't seem like a viable thing that they're hanging any hopes on.
3: If this was Bradley Chubb or Justin Simmons, you'd probably bring him back, but he's not a starter. He's a very, very unproven guy, obviously being a rookie. He he was going to be a minor contributor starting out. So the Broncos, I guess they're not really sweating his loss too much. They're not going to push him and risk a a more serious injury or re-aggravation. Like Chad mentioned at the top, get him healthy and hope he comes back good in 2021 and go forward. So uh, yeah, no IR uh, to
2: return for Cernod. It's IR done for the year. Bronco Batman jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, you. my friend. He says, sup, fellas. Bronco Games almost here. Y'all see the new Batman trailer? I did. Looks amazing. Keep up the great work, guys, and go Broncos. Zach, you know, I'm probably more of a movie buff than you are. I saw the trailer today because I was just kind of chilling, thumbing through my phone, not feeling so hot today. And I did see it. It's the dude, uh, what's his name, Robert Pattinson? The dude from the vampire, the Twilight movie. Yes. Yes. He's the new Batman. And so I was skeptical, but then again, I was extremely skeptical long ago when the news broke that Heath Ledger was going to play the Joker in a Batman movie. I was like that guy, you kidding me? And then he just knocks it out of the park. So I remain open, of course, to it being decent. And it was an okay trailer with the song by Nirvana, something in the way kind of reimagined and playing in the background, kind of set the tone. It's interesting. And by the way, there's a shot of Colin Farrell. We all know who Colin Farrell is. He plays the penguin. He's the new penguin. Remember Danny DeVito penguin from the second Batman movie? It's Colin Farrell is the new penguin, and they have got him in some prosthetics and makeup and stuff. You would never guess in a million years that that was Colin Farrell. So I'm intrigued, though, Bronco Batman. That's all I'll really say because this is, after all, a Bronco podcast.
3: It's not that I'm not a movie buff, but it seems like a good movie hasn't come out in a decade, Chad. It seems like the you know the the glory days of movies are are far and gone. just like Jared Leto was the joker and I Robert Pattinson's Batman. What's going on? I mean, Heath Ledger was the best joker ever. You guys can fight me on that. It's not a hot take. That's legit real deal. Uh, you know, it is a football podcast, but Colin Farrell comes to mind, Chad. I don't know if you saw the movie Phone Booth, little kind of a oh, smaller, yeah. great movie. Great movie. Yeah. He also killed it in uh, Horrible Bosses, the first one, as mm-hmm. the uh, as the, he was great in that movie. I love Colin Farrell.
2: I think my favorite Colin Farrell movie is in Bruges, and it's just a mm-hmm. weird European comedy. It's more of a dramedy, I should say. It's yeah. dramatic, some heavy topics and things that take place, but him and uh, Brendan Gleason. Are, are in that movie, and it's pretty sweet. Miller707Champ jumping in. What's up, everyone? Hope all is well. Go Broncos. Chad and Zach, you rock. Oh, very kind, dude. Thank Appreciate you. the kind words, and it's good to see you in the stream. We got the man, Mike Evans, rocking it here on Super Chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Good to see Thank you in you, the Mike. stream, as always. With our depth on the D-line, would you trade Shelby Harris – For a coverage linebacker, if you could get a good coverage linebacker, a proven guy, I would do it. I really would because Draymond Jones has been killing it in camp this year. And I think it's only a matter of time, probably this year, before he starts eating out of Shelby Harris's bowl anyway. So if you could, I would be all about that, Zach. I just don't
3: like taking from a strength to add a to, to make up for a weakness because that strength becomes a weakness. I mean, let's say Draymond Jones gets injured and Shelby Harris is gone. Then who's playing? Right now, it's a it's a strength because of the, the depth they have there behind Shelby Harris. So I wouldn't do that. They can get by. I mean, if they got by last year with Davis and Johnson, they can get by this year, maybe for week one with Josie Jewell. They have Davis coming back, they have some younger guys. Hopefully, they just sign Nigel Bradham. Not make this too complicated, Chad. He's out there, he's a good guy for the scheme. It doesn't have to be one or the other.
1: They can have both Harris and a linebacker. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies.
2: So this is Andy has a question about our merch. He says, do you have any t-shirts with anything on the front and back of the t-shirt? Both yeah. sides is what I'm asking. I'm wearing. Thanks guys. <laughs> um, I think both shirts that Zach has, has designed have front and back. So the let them hate um, with the threes in it, yeah. Zach designed that has front and back in the football priest t-shirt he's wearing right now has football priests on the front and the huddle up podcast logo on the back. Yeah. Check it out. All right. Let's see here. Yeah. Our friend Don wants to know, hey, what about Devin Bush getting a trade from Pittsburgh? But of course, he punctuates it with the LOL. That ain't that ain't going to happen. Pittsburgh's not parting with Devin Bush anytime in the near future. He, you know, he showed strong early on and then kind of faded. Did uh, Devin Bush as a rookie? But he still got a really high ceiling. So. Um, he wasn't even the best Devin in that draft class among inside linebackers, though. It'd be Devin White. Rather have him. <laughs> Christy, hope you feel better soon, Chad. Don't OD on the smooth group, the lean. I'll I'll try and stay away from it. But, Sprite uh, jolly right. ranchers. So while I catch up here really quick in the stream, we got to hear from Bryce Callahan and Jerry Judy today after practice. And it was interesting hearing from both of them. But Zach, what really jumped out to me, I had a story I published right before we went live tonight, which is one of the reasons we were running a little bit behind on this very topic where Jerry Judy. So we talked about this. Everyone remembers back in July, Emmanuel Sanders and Jerry Judy got together and had a little workout session. And whoever was, you know, Judy's media people, his PR, social media guy was there to film the whole thing, cut a nice little video edit and publish that after the fact as a fun little hype video. Well, from the outside looking in, you would assume that because Emmanuel Sanders keeps a home in Denver, it was Judy, the rookie, reaching out to the vet, and maybe maybe a rite of passage, maybe paying his respects because he's wearing his, his number now, 10. Emmanuel Sanders wore 10 in, in Denver, and now Judy's wearing 10. I think it would have been easy for everyone to assume that it was Judy that kind of sparked that, that meeting. But it was actually the other way around. And I found it to be quite interesting that Jerry Judy laid out kind of how that came to be. And the fact that Emmanuel Sanders was seeking advice and tips and picking his brain on route running, not the other way around. Here's what he said real quick, that quote, he just messaged me and said he wanted to come work out with me. He sent me his location and I went over there and we worked out. He was picking little details of my game and seeing how I run routes and things like that. I was learning a little bit from him as well. It was more of a, what are you doing? Let's go work out type thing, really. But close quote, Zach, I think it's funny. He says, he was picking little details of my game and then he goes on. I was learning a little bit from him. <laughs> well,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's it's a compliment though of, of the highest magnitude of an accomplished you know former Pro Bowl receiver Emmanuel Sanders recognizing and acknowledging that Jerry Judy's route running out of the box from day one is just elite. It's supreme, and it's going to be fun to watch that route running on display. And if he is already garnering that praise now, Chad, can you imagine two three years from now when he's a polished guy when he has a chance to blossom in an NFL system, Jerry Judy is going to be. Be a star for the Broncos and I think everyone is kind of slowly realizing
2: that former players included shout out to Eclipse Stormborn who's joining us you all know Troy who joined us on the show a few weeks back good to see you my friend and I think it, we connected on Facebook today if I'm not mistaken so it's good to connect with you uh, we got Terry Randall north of the 49th parallel proving as always up in Canada that Broncos country is not a geographic location it's a state of being Really appreciate your support as always, my friend. And Hashtag football priest, hashtag state of being, hashtag Broncos world. Love it, my friend. Thank you. Um, Oh, King Hicks is back in the house. There's a name we haven't seen for a while. What's good? Great to have you back, my friend. Good to see you. Seriously. Welcome. Um, Miller707 wants to know, what would it cost to trade for Danny Trevathan? So the the Bears, didn't they just re-up him, if I'm not mistaken? Didn't he just sign a new deal? Um, I can do some research on that. But what would your thoughts be on trying to maybe move some mountains to get Danny back in in the orange and blue, who we saw those four years he – or three years, I should say, he played for Fangio, played very, very well. I mean, it's no guarantee, though, that's going to transfer in
3: 2020. So why give up compensation for an unknown where you can save the draft pick and and save the cap hit and just sign Nigel Bradham at a much lower cost? He he was great for the Broncos, but as we've also seen, Chad, Elway has a a proclivity uh, uh, against – reuniting with his former players it's very very rare so I don't, I don't see him trading for trevathan giving up a draft pick and taking on his contract when he has young guys on the roster
2: or a street for agents who are much cheaper so he is on the books this year he did get a he did get a uh, new deal and this year <clears throat> excuse me his uh cap hit is only four million so I'm looking at this contract, though, on track. It's not really adding up to me, to be honest with you. I wonder if there's some typos on this thing. But nevertheless, you know, in a perfect world, sure, bring in Danny Trevathan. But the, you think the Bears are going to be willing to give up on Danny Trevathan when they just re-upped with him? I, I don't see it happening sure. without the Broncos paying an extremely high premium. And, look, there was a reason they let Danny T go. First off, his his profile was extremely high being on that world champion defense that just – stole the show in the 2015 playoffs. And on top of that, he had, he was only one year and some change removed from a grievous, grievous, scary knee injury that actually required him to have cadaver parts put into his knee. And thank God he's been able to bounce back from that and, and overcome it and continue on with his playing career. But, There was a reason why the Broncos decided to throw in with Brandon Marshall instead of Danny Trevathan. And I think both Zach and I would tell you that they probably picked the wrong guy in terms of throwing in. Got that. But I can understand their hesitancy as well. I mean, kind of like picking
3: Derek Wolf over Malik Jackson. I think that was a mistake as well. I mean, always had his misses, but he's slowly kind of making up for him with his home runs last couple of years. I just don't see a reunion between Trevathan for, and with the Broncos, considering, like you said, Chad, what it would cost to get him from the Bears, who just
2: re-signed him. All right, so we got Brett on Facebook with a question here. Even though Kareem Jackson played well last year, you think we give Earl Thomas wow. a look? just yeah. don't know how he would do in the locker room though. Yeah, uh, you know, his Earl Thomas is has developed now a uh, a reputation for being a malcontent unfortunately and having a complex with authority complex with coaches. I don't know that that's something you want to throw into a young locker room where they're trying to build their own culture and create something new. You just don't want to roll that dice. Now the Broncos have a really well-respected secondary coach in Ronaldo Hill, former player. In fact, former Bronco player who signed as a free agent here back in the McDaniels days. And, you know, he he was okay as a free safety. Brian Dawkins was a strong safety. That was Denver's starting safety tandem for, I don't know, two, three-year window, whatever that was. But, again, why would you want to – I get that Earl Thomas, you know, everyone thinks of those days on the Legion of Boom and he's a perennial pro bowler and a perennial guy – former first round pick as well but he's not the same player he was when the Broncos got their lunch eaten by the Seahawks in Super Bowl 48 and why would you want to invite in any kind of new energy or factor that could fiddle with your your chemistry and culture
3: I mean, Let's ignore the fact that Broncos have arguably the best safety tandem in the NFL with Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson. This is a guy in Earl Thomas who flipped off his own team while he was getting carted off the field. He was held at gunpoint by his wife. He punched a teammate in training camp and got released. He is literally not worth it. It's like having a pristine pool and then dumping a vat of pee into it. You don't want that contaminated in the locker room. As good as he used to be in Seattle, he's not that player anymore. You bring him aboard, then what do you do? Do you sit Justin Simmons? Do you sit Kareem Jackson? He would last about five minutes with Vic Fangio. It would not fly at all. Earl Thomas is not what the Broncos need. He is the last player the Broncos need. Give me Trey Marshall any day over Earl Thomas. Might sound like a bold take. I am dead serious.
2: Mundunga says, absolutely loving how much this pod has grown. There are more people watching this pod than there is hair on Jawan James. Now that's true. All (laughs) it takes is one person watching this pod. And that's more hair than Jawan James has, uh, but you know the podcast really has you know it's a just a quick reflection here. Zach and I have been podcasting together for a few years now, and things you know we we did pretty well with it and sold sponsorships, had a pretty solid reach, did a good job with it, and then we decided to start doing it as a live podcast and capitalizing on our what at the time was I don't know Zach it was just over two thousand subscribers I think we had on YouTube and. You know, we had our Facebook audience so like, you know, let's spice things up, start doing things live. And once we made that, deshi- that decision and that shift, man, it rocketed this podcast into the stratosphere. And it uh, it just has continued to grow exponentially, literally. There's a little bit of a lull in June and July for everybody in sports media, when people, especially in the NFL landscape where, you know, that's just traditionally where things kind of die down. But it's already climbing right back. This thing is up, we're up, you know, on the podcast side and on the live stream side. right now, just over July, this thing is continuing to grow. And so it's all a credit to you guys and your word of mouth and you spreading it around and and you guys just being as dedicated and passionate about what we're doing here and, and your team, the Denver Broncos. So credit to you guys. Chad, what is the first
3: word that comes out of our mouths when we click and broadcast? It's always wow. Mm -hmm. It's we're always literally blown away by the support and the devotion you guys show, and we did not expect it a million years. We're not even talking monetarily; just the day in and day out commitment and support you guys have shown. When we went to Super Chat, Chad and I were taking a gamble. We didn't know what it was going to be. We knew nothing about the the platform, and you guys have really answered the call. And like we we have a store because of you guys. We're going four days a week because of you guys. we're giving back everything to
2: you because you guys enable us to do this. Amen. My brother, we got Steve Griffith, who is a superstar on YouTube for us in the community. And then he's also a supporter on Facebook. Much love to you, Steve. He says, Thank you, Steve. didn't catch the last podcast live, but it was definitely awesome. Seeing Zachary loved seeing his excitement while discussing our Broncos. It really was cool. And yeah, the the returns and the reviews keep coming in. Nothing but five stars on that episode. Um, Chase Wellner with a football question. I think a lot of fans would be curious to know the answer here. And I got some deets for you. Has anyone heard about how DeMar Dotson is coming along? Well, that first week or so he was in Denver, he basically stayed with the third team. He was exclusively right tackle, third team. Today we got some movement though, Zach. He's blocking on the second team. And there were some reps. In fact, today I talked to a guy where Drew Locke ended up taking a few snaps with the second-team offensive line. So DeMar Dotson did get – it was just the way things rotated, but it's nothing to read into why Drew Locke was thrown with second-team. Don't even read into that at all. But the bottom line being, though, the takeaway, DeMar Dotson has moved up the depth chart, and he was blocking a little bit for Drew Locke. Drew Locke getting some exposure, playing with him as the guy. So he, it seems like he's starting to – now that he's got his, his veteran legs underneath him, he's got a week in the saddle with this new team – the Broncos are seeing what a just sieve Elijah Wilkinson and Jake Rogers have been at right tackle. It's only a brief matter of time, I think, Zach. I know the Broncos, in a perfect world, they want it to be Elijah Wilkinson that just takes hold of that job, and DeMar Dotson's simply the swing guy that's there in case of emergencies. But No way. He's, that's just not who he is, and so you need to get DeMar Dotson out there the sooner the better. Same with Lloyd Cushenberry. It's just
3: baffling a guy with over nine years of experience, a hundred starts in the NFL. He's playing on the second team. I mean, if if it's a matter of time and if it's inevitable, why not just do it now? You have Cushionberry getting first-team reps consistently now. He's going to be the starting center more than likely. The Broncos are showing their hand there, but not why at right tackle, not why with DeMar Dotson. I think you're spot on. I think they really want Wilkinson to win that job to kind of prove themselves right, that they didn't need another guy. They just went out and got one just for insurance purposes. That's how Elway thinks. That's how the Broncos operate. It would not shock me at all. But I'm holding firm. Come week one, come that Titans game, DeMar Dotson is the right tackle, and Wilkinson is where he belongs. On the bench.
2: Joseph Danny jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate you, Joseph. Thank you. He says, hashtag state of being. Love it, baby. He says.
1: Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. And the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys and our daughters bathrooms and sports teams. And now the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left wing leaders across America, hands off our kids paid for by America first legal.
2: If we did bring in a linebacker, would it be a one year prove it deal? And how much could we spend on a guy like Nigel Bradham? Um, Yeah, I mean, you've got some long-term options on the roster already. So Josie Jewell's got one more year before his rookie contract expires. Alexander Johnson, after this year, will become a restricted free agent. So he'll be under team control for one more year beyond this. Todd Davis will be a free agent after this season. So there is some, but then you also get Justin Sternod coming back next year. So there is some need for depth there. But Zach, I would imagine anyone they bring in similarly to what you saw him do with Corey Nelson last year, it would be a hey, come in, help save the day. Here's a one year deal. You know, we'll see how it goes. I couldn't imagine it being much more than a veteran minimum type of thing.
3: I, for someone like Bradham, I would say what he got from the Saints, which I think was a one-year, like $3.5 million contract. I think that's where they would go, and they have enough money, Chad, to do that. That's that's a drop in the bucket for what the Broncos have in cap space right now. And $3 million, same for DeMar Dotson. That little amount of money for a potential starter on August
2: 24th, how do you say no to that? Why wouldn't you go do that? Fair point. Um, real quick, the stream just did a jump on me. We got Mundungus jumping back in on Super Chat. Thank you, my friend. He says James looks like he is the star of a safety video about not putting too much lighter fluid <laughs> on a campfire. You know, I can. Yeah, it's it's weird seeing a dude without eyebrows. That's what I'll say. You get used to seeing people without, uh, you know, with the bicked heads and the bald heads and whatnot. Even I've gone with this buzzed head. I've never bicked my head, but I buzzed my head at times as I started losing hair on top, getting close to forty. Um, but but picking it, eh, I never got into that. But when someone loses the eyebrows, Zach, that's when you're like, there's something off about this dude. I, it's not immediately apparent what it is, but, oh, no eyebrow.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, we needed like a coffee table book of all Mundungus' best Juwan James <laughs> roasts. I think that would be a bestseller, Chad.
2: All right, real quick, John. Um, the jump on that for me went from that last Mundungus super to BG's on Shelby Harris. So let me just take a quick peek, gang, on the backside on YouTube and see who is in between. Oh, no, we're good. We're right on schedule. Perfect. Uh, Let's grab BG. He says, thank you. By the way, Brian, thank you for the Super Chat and your consistent support, man. And it's been going on for a year now. You've been just a stud on Super Chat, so thank you. He says, Shelby Harris is hungry. No way would I trade him. He's playing for a contract. And that's true. He is in a contract year. That's a good point. And I think... Once the Broncos got his position right last year, because he was in a contract year last year, he played like a guy in a contract year. He ended up with six sacks, led the NFL in batted passes. So um, I get what you're saying, but if you could get a no-brainer option at off-ball linebacker, a proven veteran, I would consider it because of the depth, because Draymond Jones is playing. He's, he's balling out.
3: It's a good point by Brian, though, because uh, uh, different from last year, Shelby Harris was greeted by a cold market. We were shocked, Chad. He literally got no nibbles except for the Colts, and he had to re-sign a prove-it deal with Denver. And he knows now six sacks is not going to be able to cut it for the contract and and star power that he wants in the NFL. So he's motivated right now. He knows a 10-sack season would get him the contract he wants and the role he wants somewhere in the NFL. And if he has a 10-sack season means the Broncos' defense is balling. I would not trade Shelby. All
2: right, then we, we also got from BG here, and thank you again, Brian. Yeah. You don't think Vontez Berfick has anything left or you're worried about his problems? Both. Honestly, I'm more worried about the latter than I am the former. I bet you he can play just fine right now. I mean, you'd, he'd need some time to soak up a scheme, but he's an experienced veteran middle linebacker. I'm more worried about his – how he would contribute similar to Earl Thomas to the culture. And you're always worried about him destroying someone on the field and (laughs) setting the team back at at any given moment. And you can't foresee when those those moments are going to come, Zach.
3: Yeah, if you wanted, you know, some guy to give another guy a concussion, perfect is your guy. But other than that, I don't see what he has left. I mean, he's a, he's a free agent for a reason right now. He he was good with the Bengals. He's definitely a tone setter. But like Chad just intimated, he's a locker room poison, similar to Earl Thomas. I don't want him anywhere near uh, Denver's culture.
2: All right, I'm checking here. We're having. It's looking like a little bit of. <laughs> a problem making sure we're staying up to date on the supers KP in the house. What's up, my friend. Thank you for your generosity. And, um, also by the way, sent you an email last night. Hope you got a chance to see that. He says, I see the chalkboard, Zach, what's in store for us. X's and O's, a la Eric Trickle style. What do you got planned for that board? I know what you used it for last year, Zach, but what do you got planned for?
3: Yeah, anyone who watches the show, that was the whiteboard that was in back of here. I actually have story ideas on it. You can't really see it, but there's content ideas, story ideas, depth charts. It, it's hard content to cover and manage two teams, so getting some of the information out of my head is uh, kind of useful. So putting it, you know, getting my money is worth out of that chat. Those, yeah. those are not cheap at all.
2: I might have to get one of those. To be honest with you, I use a Google Doc for that type of stuff. You know, ideas, brainstorming, little notes, things to come back, circle back to. For it becomes real when you write it down. Like you memorize it easier. That's a good point. Uh, Black Knight jumping in with the super chat, very generous, my friend. Thank you. you. It's good having you back in the chat streams. And as John says here, how goes the live gaming? Hope hope you're moving forward, doing well. Oh, he says, "What do? All right, good to hear. Cool." Um. Chris Hernandez, who we are excited to have on the show Wednesday night, looking forward to it, my friend, jumping in on Super Chat. He says, I heard Dotson was playing with the twos today. Sounds promising. Hashtag moving on up. Yes, indeed, he was with the twos, and it's encouraging. It shows us that perhaps the Broncos have had a rhyme and a reason. They didn't just throw him back there. I think they just wanted him to acclimate. Being that he is an 11-year vet, he's up there. He's 34 years old. Like Let him kind of get his legs underneath him and then maybe start um, speeding things up in terms of leapfrogging up the depth chart.
3: I mean, can you imagine I'm, – I'm putting myself in his shoes. Can you imagine being an 11th-year veteran, 100 career starts, and I'm running with 20, 21-year-olds on the second and third teams? I just – I don't know what the Broncos are waiting for. Obviously, he's going to look good on the second string. He's not going to look bad. He should dominate these guys. Get him on the first string. Get him with the starters, and let's get the offensive line solidified already. I mean, the season's around the corner. Let's go.
2: All right, let me see here. <clears throat> I'm trying to see – this is – an interesting question, but I can't tell who it's from. This is coming from the stream that's that's in our MHH um, super Fan Facebook group. And if the user doesn't give StreamYard permission to show their Facebook profile, that won't show their name. So I don't know who's asking this, but he says, with our all-pro defense, with the pass rushers intact this year, could we rely exclusively on the pass rush scheme to pick up the slack and help out the linebacker core? I believe they... Can Zach, you know, and I think that there is some truth to that in terms of, you know, the quicker the pass rush can get to the quarterback, the less pressure there is on linebackers and coverage, corners and coverage, the whole nine yards. But what you're missing out there is the fact that base defense is a thing and base right. offense is a thing. And NFL teams, when they run the ball, typically right. they do it out of base defense. And that's when you need your linebackers to swarm, smother get to the ball, keep it long, you know, for a defense anyway, manageable down distance. You want second and eight. You know, you want third and sevens. Like, so pass rushers aren't going to help you a whole heck of a lot in that regard on first and second down with, you know, except accepting for different, you know, game situations. Uh, the 27,
3: uh, 27, the 2007 Giants are the prime example of what a pass rush can do for you, and that helps out your secondary more so than your inside linebackers. When you can rush the quarterback, the, it can take a second away from pass coverage, and a second is eternity in defensive terms. Uh, I think the pass rush is going to help the Broncos' defense overall, but like you just hinted at, Chad, what is the best way to beat the Blitz? run right at it. Base defense, quick passes, three-step drops. If teams don't allow Von Miller and Bradley Chubb to get to the quarterback, it's not going to mitigate anything. They're still going to have to hold up an inside linebacker and the secondary. So if anything from Chubb's return and Von being Vaughn this year, hopefully it's going to help out that secondary. But the ILBs will be on an island a lot, and it's up to them and the
2: scheme to make up for that. Uh, Big Smooth 84 on Twitter wants to know, have you heard how P.J. Locke is doing I haven't heard anything. I heard, um, I've heard i heard his name mentioned a couple of times, once even by a coach. He's okay. It's The pecking order goes like this, it seems like. Beyond, of course, Justin Simmons and Kareem Jackson, Trey Marshall is head and shoulders above everybody else in terms of vying for that third safety job. And then you got your PJ Locke. Um, you got, oh, actually, Elijah Holder is the next guy. So if they had to Form a roster today, 53 guys. You'd have Trey Marshall and Elijah Holder as those backup safeties. But P.J. Locke, I haven't heard much good or bad about him. And I don't know, you know, you can kind of read into that what you will, my friend.
3: No news is bad news when you're a young guy with no preseason. If he's not making waves at training camp, he's going to be a final cut and maybe a practice squad guy at best. But, you know, basically for now, just another jag on the roster, chat
2: Jeff C. jumping in on Super Chat. Appreciate that, bro. Thank you, Jeff. Prediction for the first game, is it a win or is it a loss? Zach and I have both predicted a win for the season opener in our way too early uh, prediction. Now, we're going to reexamine that on the doorstep of the season. We'll unveil our official prediction for 2020 that we will want you guys to all kind of hold our feet to the fire on. But, Zach, have you seen anything yet that would make you change your mind on the Broncos finding a way to win what is sure to be a very tough game?
3: Right. Yeah. I, I'm not going to predict a blowout. I think the Broncos will win this game, but it could be sloppy. It could be defensive oriented. It could be a struggle till the fourth quarter could come down to a McManus field goal. I, I think the Broncos will emerge victorious, but it, not by any means on for either team will it be a clean, a hundred percent perfect game. There's going to be turnover, sloppy play. I mean, everywhere around the NFL week one is going to be a crap show. And I think the Broncos uh, will just kind
2: of eke out a win in, in week one. Um. Don't underestimate how motivated Jerrell Casey is going to be in yes. that game. I think he debuts as he makes his his Bronco debut with authority. I think Broncos or Broncos fans are going to see like, look Derek Wolf, very good player in his own right, Shelby Harris, solid player in his own right, but and even Malik Jackson, good player when he was here in Denver. But there's a big difference between any of those three names I just mentioned and Jarell Casey, and I think Broncos fans are going to see the difference quickly in that season opener. Just in in training camp, dude, he's dominating. Yes, he's just he's eating guys' lunch, and you know, he's the Broncos have two very good interior guards on that first team, in Dalton Reisner and and uh, Graham Glasgow, and you know, he's Casey's just making it very clear, very evident of his ten years in the NFL, and just how good of a defensive tackle he really is. I think, uh,
3: I think I wrote this in my, my Calberman's corner prediction for the Titans game that he's going to have an instant impact. I can see a sack fumble on Ryan Tannehill. He's going to show the Titans shouldn't have traded him away and not for a seventh round pick for a five time pro bowler, big time revenge game for Jarrell Casey.
2: All right. Let me see here. Appreciate the kind words, Kathy. You know, we do appreciate you. Um, here is Dennis Woods, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, and my friend. Thank you, Dennis. He says, I missed the last few pods celebrating 50 years wow. of marriage. Wow. God that bless you, That is an Dennis. achievement. That is an achievement. Yes. Congratulations to you and the missus and uh, our best regards. That's great. Appreciate you guys getting me caught up. I hadn't heard about the injuries. Yeah, sorry to be the bearers of bad news. Love this MHH family. Hashtag Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being. So that would put Dennis you know, up there a little bit in age, which to me, it's great to see a Broncos fan that's not in that, you know, 24, 23, 24 age to like 44, which is like 70% of all digital sports media is consumed by that age bracket. I love seeing people that are older and younger seeking out content and information and knowledge on their team. Here's to 50 more, Dennis. Amen. All right. We're sitting here at 57 minutes. So uh, let me let me jump down, make sure we're not – whoops, grab that one again, John. And as Christy said, happy anniversary. Let me make sure we're not missing anybody. King Hicks rejoins the live chat stream and then jumps in on Super Chat because he's just that kind of guy. Appreciate you, my friend. We have missed you. He says, I've truly missed my MHH family. Hashtag Broncos world. Hope all is well and everyone's staying safe through these crazy times. This, my community, hashtag chat and Zach rule. Yeah, man, we've missed you. And, uh, you know, the feeling is mutual, not just with us, but the community's missed you as well.
3: And hope you can stick around. I mean, the season's about to start, King. It's going to be an exciting year for the Broncos. So we hope to see you in these chats. You're always uh, a valued member of the community.
2: We got Zeus McPeak in the house as he's just so consistent. I think, in fact, yesterday was like the first, pretty sure we missed you yesterday. But either way, it was like the first one in a long time I can recall stew missing we call him zeus mcpeak for a reason up there on mhh mount rushmore and uh, we just we love you buddy we appreciate you hope you're all settled down there in texas and uh i'm getting ready to debut the collection of little um you know keepsakes that you sent so I'll i'll be showing that on the podcast here very soon
3: Yes, yeah, Stu. i don't know where you are in texas now but i hope you stay safe with those double hurricanes those dueling uh storms out there i don't know what's going on in your neck of the woods but i hope all is well Stu. thank you so much
2: uh john do you have christy's super because i'm not seeing it in my thank you there's christy just showing love as she is want to do just the queen of mhh top roping it like she does thank you christy thank you and you know we appreciate you and and everything you bring to this community as well. And, geez, Zach, I don't know what, we wouldn't, what we'd do without the great ladies of the community from Christy to Bobby to Kathy to, I don't know where Angela went. I don't know where, um, i trying to think, some others. Uh, what was her name? Michaela. Remember Michaela? What happened to Michaela? Oh, I don't I, know. Yeah. She, she was so consistent. But my suspicion, and I will be proven right on this, is when the games roll back around, we'll see everybody that we've been used to seeing in the chat stream right back in it with us. So, all right, let's see here. Um, Let me make sure we're not missing anybody. I think there's one or two more that are stacked up. Dion. There's Dion. Thank you, Dion, for your support, my friend. Uh, With the way Philip Lindsay has been treated, and even if the Broncos throw out a deal, do you think he'll just walk and go to another team? Mm -hmm. I don't think he's that guy, but I know he's pissed. I know he's pissed. And, you know, I here's the thing though. That's not happening anytime in the near future. After this season, he becomes a restricted free agent. So the Broncos have all of 2020 and all of 2021 to, to kind of weigh. Hey, we we went in big money on Melvin Gordon, and we have Philip Lindsay. You know, on a relatively team friendly deal. Which one do we want to try and bring back long term? I stay. I remain steadfast that that is going to be Philip Lindsay when the time comes. It's just he's going to have to wait a little bit longer.
3: Yeah, my first uh, thought was he's not that type of guy. And if you would have asked me a year ago, would he done that? I would have said absolutely, a hundred percent, no way. But like you said, he he's ticked off now, and he should be. Chad, I, I think if another team came calling and the Broncos still won't up the ante if they're still shortchanging him. I could see him walking away from Denver, no hard feelings, no bad blood, just doing what's best for me and my family. I think he's more committed to Denver than he isn't, but I, but not paying him and signing Melvin Gordon, it caused a wedge, I think, between the Broncos and Lindsey, at least from Lindsey's point of view.
2: Trust has to be a factor for, for Philip when it comes to the Broncos because they also lied to him in the draft. They told him they were going to take him in the sixth or seventh round, that he was not going to get out of the draft, Good he wasn't going to fall completely out of the draft. And they ended up taking David Williams, who lasted all of, you know, one month in training camp and then was cut. And so I don't blame if Philip Lindsay questions and wonders how much he can trust the Broncos when they tell him things. I mean, John Elway on December 30th telling media, telling fans, yeah, we're going to take a hard look at getting Philip Lindsay an extension. He's outkicked his coverage. You know, he's definitely outplayed the, the money he's earned. I mean, just look at it right now. Back-to-back thousand-yard rushing seasons for Philip Lindsay. He's making 750k, which to the average Joe, that's a lot of money. But compared to Melvin Gordon swooping in, bringing in seven, eight million on the cap this year, is what he'll take home. I mean, it's it's actually just gross. That money should go to Philip Lindsay for what he's done. But you know, that's just the way of the NFL. If you're Philip Lindsay, you just have to know that your time will come. You know, say your prayers that you stay healthy, and other than that, just keep doing what you do. And the reward will come.
3: 750000 in NFL dollars is like a 30000 a year salary in, in, in normal people dollars. So it, it really is shortchanging him for what he's brought to the table. And um, he, he's worth way more than that. And I think he sees the Justin Simmons not getting a deal. No one from the Broncos in-house getting a new contract. It's not just him. I think he, he blames, or if there's any sort of discontent, I think it's with Elway, not necessarily the Broncos. I don't see him walking away. I do think, though, as do you, Chad, he will prove everyone wrong this season and I think Mel- make Melvin Gordon the one B in this rushing attack.
2: Yeah, so we, we cleared that up for you. He says, I think he's more so upset than Cecil Lammy had mentioned. And, yeah, I do. I think you're right. Um, all right, we're running out of time. By the way, Jordan Cordova there just pointing out the fact that Cody Latimer was released by Washington. Nope, 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 nope. No surprise. And the Broncos signed another Cody. I don't know if we got a chance to talk about that last night when having Zachary on. But Cody White. Signed a Cody White yesterday, rookie out of Michigan State. Maybe we touched on it. Had a couple catches today from from what I'm told, so we'll see. Uh, Chris Hernandez jumping in again. Thank you, my friend. Appreciate you. Looking forward to, on the next podcast, having Chris on. Click those little thumbs up, MHH fam. Agreed, and it's especially crucial on Facebook and YouTube, guys. Make sure you like this video before you bounce on out. Uh, BG jumping back in. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, Brian. His own prediction. Zach, for week one, I honestly think we will handle the Titans with ease he says. So with ease, I don't know about that, but I do think they come out on top. 100%.
3: Yeah. They're going to handle Tennessee. I just don't know about, you know, with the, I think like a 1916
2: type game. Broncos win sloppy. Jordan says Broncos are going to expose Ryan Tannehill as a one, as a one year wonder. You know, he had one or two years in Miami for what it's worth. He couldn't sustain it though. And injuries here and there, but, uh, you know the Broncos didn't seem to have much problem with him in that Week Six game last year. Their second win of the season. They didn't get their second win of the season until Week Six. Uh, anyway, thanks Jordan for the for your comments and whatnot. Uh, Holden Adams jumping in. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you. Super chat. She says just showing some love. We love you back, my friend. It all adds up and makes a big difference on what we are able to do for you guys. So we really appreciate you. But I think that does it, Zach. I think we've caught up with all of our great superstars here. We don't leave anyone out in the cold. And we're going to get out of here for tonight. I can already feel my voice starting to go out. So it's, it's pretty good timing to sign off for tonight. But we'll be back in the saddle Wednesday night. Well, Zach and I will have Chris Hernandez on for the 10th installment of our Superstar Series. And then in the meantime, though, don't miss Building the Broncos tomorrow night. Um, I don't know what they have on deck for you as far as topics. They'll be, I'm sure, covering whatever news comes out of Tuesday from Broncos camp, but make sure you stay tuned and participate in that conversation. Always good information and knowledge getting dropped on building the Broncos. In the meantime, make sure you're following the podcast on Twitter at HuddleUpPod and also at Mile Huddle. You can see where to follow my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter at KelbermanNFL, myself, at Chad N. Jensen, and then also throw a follow John's way, at John K M H H. Great follow on, on Twitter. Trust me on that, but we got to get out of here for now. So thanks to each and every one of you for spending some time with us here again tonight, mile high salute to our super chat superstars and also a mile high salute to our Facebook uh, supporters. And those of you that send us stars on, on Facebook as well, we're still trying to figure out how to work that into the podcast, but thank you. We appreciate you guys. And Zach, have a great start to your week, bro. You too, Chad. And uh, hopefully by Wednesday, D- DeMar Dotson gets first-team reps. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Fingers crossed. Amen. All right, gang. We're out of here. For Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We will see you.
1: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast.
2: Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
1: Paid for by America First Legal.
3: You have a vision for your business. Your priority might be to
1: expand facilities
3: or bring in the best talent. At Century Insurance, we listen, learn, and work to understand your business and your plans to help protect your new locations as your business evolves and your vision comes true. Century right by you. Property and casualty coverages are underwritten and safety services are provided by a member of the Century Insurance Group, Stevens Point, Wisconsin. For a complete listing of companies, visit century.com. Policies, coverages, benefits, and discounts are not available on all states. See policy for complete coverage details.